Hello and welcome back to uh, another episode of The Q, Name Still Pending, with your host Quentin or O'Nerd. By now you should know me. Um, and by now, um, hopefully some people will be getting into the Discord because uh, I'd like to start some conversations. Uh, which is pretty much what today's episode is going to be about, is conversations. More or less conversations. I mean, I asked the uh, Snapchat group chat, the boys, if you know, you know, uh, those guys, Some uh, well, I asked them a question which was, what questions do you have about cryptocurrency? Um, didn't really get a lot of response, so that's kind of a rip. But I did get two questions, so I'm going to go ahead and answer them because that's what I want to talk about today, um, which I'll get to those, I think, about probably the, the, the latter half of this episode just so that I can lay kind of the groundwork of my my expertise or lack thereof of, you know, cryptocurrency and what I know about it. Kind of give you my credentials behind uh, cryptocurrency so that I'm not just some random guy on the internet just talking about it, you know, just making things up. Um, I have done quite a bit of research on the topic and I know some stuff. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert and I won't give you any financial advice, but this is what I've learned. This is what I've found out about cryptocurrency in about the last year. Technically, like I've said before, cryptocurrency, I've been, I've been in it for four plus years. I've only started actually putting money in and being in the ecosystem and being a part of that community for, uh, give or take, I guess it's been close to seven, eight months. No, nine months, I guess, right? No, is it still eight? Yeah, I think it's still the eighth month because it's August. I started at the very beginning of 2021. Um, I did a lot of research early 2020 about what March, April of 2020 is when the bulk of my uh, research really started on things like NFTs, uh, DAOs, DeFi's, um, and the more advanced pieces of blockchain. Uh, before that, it was very much like, oh, I saw Bitcoin in the news every once in a while. You'd see things like Alphabay and the Silk Road. Uh, you know, all of that um, that news that happened. I'm not really going to, I'm not going to get into that subject because I don't know a lot about it. But, you know, those were happening and I would see them in the news and I'd be like, oh, well, this is a, this is a thing. This isn't just a, oh, meme of 2009, 2010 of you should invest in Bitcoin because one day it's going to be huge or whatever. Um, I don't, I remember hearing about that, that my family you know, my father and his brothers were going to invest in some of the Bitcoin and then they just never did, which for them was a good thing at the time because financially it wasn't a good decision because it's only really been worth any money since, what, late 2017 and then it even crashed in 2018. And then 2019, 2020 is when you actually started making actual money off of Bitcoin, uh, let alone any of the other coins out there. So it was probably a good idea that they didn't at the time based on their financial situations. Um, hindsight, of course, is 2020. They 100% should put everything they could possibly put into it as soon as they possibly could because of how much money it's worth now. But that's besides the point of this pod, this episode. Um, so my credentials, like I said, you know, I've invested in the past nine months, eight months. Um, I'm not going to disclose exactly how much I've made or uh, how I, you know, invest and... Um, put money into certain coins or other coins. I will say that I have Bitcoin, I have Cardano, I have Ethereum, and I have, uh, do I still have Doge? 
no, I think I've liquidated all of my Doge way back when, when it pumped to whatever it was, 60, 70, I think, whatever the all-time high was. I did sell out then, um, which, I mean, it wasn't. It was, like, up 20% what I put in. It wasn't a lot. Um, so, you know, I did make some money off of it, obviously. But um, doing research on all of those has been very exciting for me. I've That's what I enjoy doing. Like I've said, I enjoy researching things and understanding systems, especially when it comes to technology. The blockchain is an incredible piece of technology that, in my opinion, will be very, very unlikely uh, for it to disappear, for it to just stop working altogether. Um, I'm not sure about specifically Bitcoin or Ethereum, if those will go to zero, or other coins, if they'll go to zero, or whatever you want to say, go to the moon, where they make a ton of money and everybody gets rich and famous because of them. Um, I'm not going to speculate on that, because they could just as much as, like, the U.S. dollar or, like, uh, what is it, um, El Salvador, where their currency is worth nothing now, and they're actually trying to adopt Bitcoin as their main primary currency. So, they're, it's, it's being seen, there has been shifts in financial uh, literacy, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, so, for that, I'm not going to speculate as much as possible that's part of one of the questions that i have so i'll get into that later in the episode um but understanding the blockchain at its core is the most important thing for you to understand in the 21st century in 2021 going into 2022 this should be common knowledge it should well i mean honestly if we're being realistic it won't be common knowledge but it should be right if that makes any sense so Thinking like what should be 100% common knowledge is have good password security, right? <laughs> have your passwords memorized. Keep them in a secured, like, uh, you know, a bit war- warden or uh, one pass or something like that, a custodial thing to keep your passwords safe and, you know, diversitize your passwords. Don't just use your dog's name or the firstborn child's name. Use, uh, you know, multiple characters, lowercase, uppercase, all that stuff. That should be common knowledge. And for the most part, it is. A lot of people it's, people are getting better because um, most uh, businesses are requiring that for any logins. So that is what should be common knowledge back in 2015, but it's just now being widely adopted in the age of Zoom meetings. <laughs> so for that, the the level of what should be and what is common knowledge obviously is a bit skewed and harder to say but understanding blockchain at its core what it should be should be common knowledge um, in my opinion and so if you don't know that by 2022 you are 100% going to be behind the times similar like how people were on uh, you know myspace and then facebook came out and then nobody like there's only like the french people that shifted over uh seeing the advances that Facebook will have and how MySpace is going to fall apart, those people moved. And then again, things like Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all of those apps, a lot of older people don't understand how to use those other platforms. They finally understood how to use Facebook. That make any sense? So again, blockchain is just the next step on that, um, which is to say Web 3.0 is the next step, the next progression in technology, the next step for society as a whole, especially first world. I don't know, you know, third world, second world, um, and other countries 
how those will develop, but especially here in America, we're rapidly progressing to the point where, uh, you know, everything that needs to be known from Web 2 should already be known, and Web 3 will become mainstream within, by 2025, it's 100% going to be the technology that's going to be used, and people won't even realize it. So, I'm not... I'm not here, especially in this episode specifically, I'm not here to teach you about blockchain and the different different blockchains that are out there. Um, it's just my job right now to bring awareness to you to allow you the opportunity to even know what to research, if that makes any sense. So, like, a lot of people don't even, they know what Bitcoin is, they know what Dogecoin is, they know, you know, that type of thing. They understand that you can get on Robinhood and invest in it. They know that but they don't know that blockchain is a thing or how you de decentralize finance. People don't understand the framework, the base of what they're hearing on the news. Um, and that's super important. Um, and that's not just even my biased opinion as a technology major, uh, an IT major, or even somebody that understands you know, HTML and how to script a website. Most people don't need to know how to script a website, but when you do understand how the the base framework, the base layer, how that works, it makes your life so much easier when you're operating the internet because you understand, well, a search engine does this. So if I use these keywords, I'm more likely to get a better search result than if I were to just ask my question to Google, which also you should know not to use Google um, as a search engine. But Again, that's that that is a biased um, IT uh, technology person. So uh, again, take all of this stuff as not an expert, but mo mostly uh, biased because I am a technology major um, from college. So yeah, but understanding all of that, do the research before you start putting money in. Um, it's the exact same as normal stocks. It's the same thing as getting a bank account. It's the same thing as getting a loan. Getting, even getting a credit card, which again, I'll make episodes on all of that because that's something that I'm doing in my life currently and I, I want to be able to speak about it to people. Um, but knowing what you're getting yourself into, understanding what the terms and conditions are before you click OK to creating a Facebook account, all of these things should be uh, second nature. You should already be doing them. They should be just a part of life before you know it gets too far down the road. Um, and it helps decentralized uh, applications, dApps as they are called. Um, they do a very good job about that because it is run by the community. Um, so those things aside, um, cryptocurrency as a whole is uh, hugely important um, to society. And you should start looking into it. Um, and if you want to discuss it more, if you want um, advice on a more personal level, I'm more than willing to allow you into the Discord, and I will give you advice if I know who you are and I understand your situation. I'm not just going to, you know, just shotgun here on this uh, podcast and say this is what you should do with your money. Um, that would be ridiculous. But I would, I would be more than willing to get to know people and help them understand this platform and what society is leading towards. Um, Especially, it is it is early. I will say, um, you could say the same thing. Twenty fifteen is early, and we're late. Um, but that's from the eyes of somebody that was in in two thousand eight <laughs> in Bitcoin. Um, 
but still a lot of things aren't decentralized. These applications are just now starting to build. Games are just now starting to come out where you can play to earn and you can make money and make a living off of video games, not just as a professional player or even a live streamer, which is big on YouTube. Being a YouTuber is like the thing if you're in you know, grade school, middle school. And at this point, I think now probably high school as well. A lot of those kids, they've all grown up with YouTube. That That is their actor. You want to be an actor. You want to be in movies. You want to be on TV, that kind of thing. That is their version. And so, you know, the next logical step after that is, of course, the digital world is reality. It's not just somewhere I go on Facebook to have arguments for three hours about what length your yard should be mowed at. Um, it's going to become something more where your identity is you. You're not pseudo-anonymous. You're not, uh, you know, be a gunslinger. Sorry, Nick. I kind of threw you out there, but that was just the first name that came ahead. You're not just be a gunslinger on Twitter. You are Nick from Lakeland College. You graduated from there. You moved to another place. This is your life story. Um, that that is that's going to become normal because that's where the kids are going to be at. That is their playground. That is their place to hang out is these decentralized applications, not necessarily investing into Bitcoin and owning massive amounts of Bitcoin, but being a part of like Axie Affinity where you're playing the game and you're earning money and making money and having a community on Discord to talk about this game and to have friends based around this game. It's the same thing as, like, Pokemon, honestly. Like, there's a lot of people that play Pokemon Go together. That's what they do. They have a Discord. They hang out there. That's a thing that people do. And so cryptocurrency as the top layer is a thing, but we should be paying attention to the layers below the blockchain, the decentralized applications, the um, utility of the coins themselves, what the coins allow you to do, uh, are going to be way more important, wildly more important than the name of the coin and how much money you can make off of it in a year. Um, and so things like that you need to understand before you just start, you know, putting your own cash into Bitcoin thinking you're going to make money. Um, because at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. And there is way more things to be concerned about and way more important um, topics to be discussed there. Um, so those things need to be in consideration when you're discussing cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, any of those. It's good to have the base level information on these things so that you can have a more educated and deeper discussion um, which is the same as any other topic. If you know about, if you're a loan, uh, you know, a loan guy, and that's what you do, a loan officer, you are able to talk about loans on a deeper level than, say, the teller at the front station that just handles your check and deposits it into your account. Having the ability to talk on that deeper level allows you to understand more, of course, but then also allows other people to understand more and benefit as well. Because the one thing about cryptocurrency to understand is it is ran by the people. So you can think all you want that you're going to make millions of dollars. But it is the fact of all of the other people that are also doing the same thing agree to those same terms. And so the more you invest in the community, 
the more you will get out of your monetary investments, if that makes any sense. Um, I think it does. It does to me, but I have all of the context of everything in my brain, and so I want to make sure that I'm under. It's, it's understandable to people just listening, especially for the first time, really understanding what's going on with uh, cryptocurrency. Um, and so I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like to use the buzzwords um, because a lot of people, especially you know, a lot of news outlets, they just think it's a fad. They just think it's a scam. Um, and to be fair, everything that has come out in like 2019, 2020, 2021, all those new coins. A lot of them are scams. You are just losing money, pumping dumps for days, and it's rough. And NFTs, a lot of people are saying, are just money laundering schemes. But it's so much easier to just use cash to launder your money and <laughs> pay for drugs. You would not use an NFT to transact your drug buying capabilities. Like that's just it's humorous, honestly, because it's the people that are saying that are people that don't research. And don't understand the space that they're talking about. Um, and so to those I just laugh at. And that that's the main po polarizing issue of cryptocurrency, especially in the news, is the people that understand it don't even give the general populace the time of day because they're just like, you just, you don't understand. And I don't, <laughs> I don't have the time to tell you that you don't understand and to educate you enough to allow you to understand because I'm too busy making bank and too busy trying to understand the new thing, the next thing. So to that, um, hopefully that sparks your interest in cryptocurrency and gets you to thinking that, oh, maybe there's just more than a Dogecoin that's happening here, and I'm going to start researching this a bit more. Um, hopefully, hopefully that um, is the case. But um, I think with that, um, I got the most... For the most part, I got my thoughts out, and so I'm going to move to the two questions that I have, um, and of course, if I start talking, I will probably go down a tangent or two just because, you know, I think that there's um, there's some opportunity to talk about some stuff in there uh, as well, so we'll just go ahead and jump into that, um, so give me a second to pull up those, but uh, here we go. So the first one, the first question that I got is from Alex. Won't say your last name, but he is in the group chat. Alex, you know who you are. Thank you for putting in the question. Um, hopefully I can answer it to some level of degree of your understanding. I don't know where you are at in the stack of cryptocurrency knowledge. So I'm just going to answer from my point of view as best I can to allow you to understand and um, benefit from your question. So... Alex writes, and for the most part, I'll try and read what they sent me, but I'll try and paraphrase it as best as I can to allow for, like, the flow to be better because, you know, the second one's a little uh, harder to just read out for it to make sense. So Alex writes, is cryptocurrency possibly the best investment since it holds international value in the event that American economy collapses where traditional currency is near valueless? Um, that one's a bit hard to take because I'm not exactly sure which way he's leaning on the fact that traditional currency is near valueless, meaning that um, because the economy has collapsed, the currency that we use in America, the USD, United States dollar, is not worth anything valueless or 
because it is no longer backed by gold, it is no longer valueless. I'm not exactly sure which way to take it, but the general idea of what he's asking here is, can cryptocurrency be a better investment than just having a bank account? Um, which is a very simple thing to answer, of course, yes, because it increases and decreases. Cryptocurrency goes up and down, which means you can put in money at $10. Um, and, of course, this is very pretty much impossible. You 2x, you 200% in a month, you now have, what, $30? Is that what I said? No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be $30. Would it be $30 or would it be $20? Because 100% would get you to 20 and you 100% your 20, which would then be 40. So that's better math, right? Yeah, you in a month, you bet at $40, you put in $10. So yes, that level, whereas if you have a bank account, you get maybe like point, you get maybe a percent a year, right? Depending on what kind of bank account. If you just have a traditional checking account, you don't make any money off of that. You're just getting deposits into it. If you have a savings account, you get a percent a year on whatever value you currently have in there at the end of the year. So yeah, it's wildly more... Uh, your money is definitely working a lot harder in your in cryptocurrency, especially if you uh, put your money in the right places and you're digital vigilant about your research and you understand what you're putting your money into. Um, so to answer that question, yes. And then I did after as soon as he sent that, I kind of wrote down a general uh, thought process of what he was saying, and then my you know where I was at in my brain space at the time. Uh, so I'm just going to read that off. Um, hopefully it's intelligible. It makes any sense. Um, but here's the answer directly after he asked the question. This is what I said. Um, While I don't like to think of crypto as an investment, for example, similar to a stock, um, the store of value is most certainly there. The difficulty of the question comes down to what happens if the U.S. dollar is no longer considered valuable. Has society already moved on? Uh, you know, like its new store of value is a new currency, whether that is crypto or it's the euro or the yen or some other foreign countries, the CAD even, because Canada is much closer and the general, um, what the currency um, transfer is roughly the same. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's slightly more expensive. The CAD, you get more from your dollar if you transfer it into CAD, right? I think that's right. Um, but anyways, the fact is that the U.S. dollar is backed by nothing. Um, I will try and put it in the source if I can find it, but it was an Economy Explained video, and I also read a couple articles about it. 1963, um, Ronald Reagan, I believe, was the president at the time that passed a bill that no longer had the U.S. dollar backed by gold. That was the year that gold was no longer the store of value for the U.S. dollar. And the U.S. dollar was now just worth a dollar because the Federal Reserve said it was worth a dollar. And everybody in the U.S. agreed that this piece of paper that has the one on it is worth one dollar. And so, yeah, 1963 was the last time the U.S. dollar was backed by anything, which you can go down the rabbit hole and be extremely scary because, like, two-thirds of the countries in the world all based their own currencies off of the U.S.D., um, again, that was the same video. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes to allow you to l watch it. Um, and I think he has his sources cited into the descriptions as well. So that is a very valid... Um, I have vetted that source thoroughly, and that source is very credible, especially on that topic. There are some things that are more fringe that they talk about, which are harder to discuss, you know, like Ethiopia's economy, 
um, in, in the ancient times is a bit different um, than current Saudi Arabia, how they don't pay taxes. So there's very wildly different topics that they discuss in that channel. And so some of the stuff is harder to verify than others. But this specific thing, yes, the crypto, you know, that whole thing uh, with the Federal Reserve, um, let me get back to my notes here. The fact that the U.S. dollar is backed by nothing other than the promise of the U.S. Federal Reserve that you can redeem your green paper for the amount stated on said paper. Crypto, on the other hand, is backed by many factors. Like, there's a ton of multiple different people, at least five different stakeholder groups um, that I can think of off the top of my head. But crypto, you know, it's backed by multiple, multiple different factors. You have the miners who generate new coins to add to the circulation. They also are validating the blocks um, that all transactions are recorded on to make sure everything is valid and you are getting your money and it is correct. It's not stolen. It's not fake. It's not spoofed. It's not made up. This is your amount of cash that you own in your wallet, um, which that's a proof of work concept, which is Bitcoin. That's how it is structured, how you gain coins, how more coins get into circulation is by mining, which allows the, you know, like I said, the transactions to be validated. Of course, you also have investors who stake their coins to add new coins to the circulation, which is proof of stake, which I'm still researching more on because Ethereum 2 is, you know, it's kind of around the corner here shortly. Um, so I'm starting to research more about um, proof of stake and how it structures. So I'm not going to go into too much detail on how it works. But from my understanding is you put in your coins and then that is how new blocks are created and things are validated, and you get coins back, I think. You get more coins back because you invested X amount of money into the pool. I believe that's how that works, but don't quote me on that because I haven't done enough research to be certain. Um, and then, of course, there are also the smart contracts, which are built off of Ethereum and similar blockchains. Um, so things like the NFTs, um, that's really the only one I can think of off the top of my head. There's a lot of different smart contracts. I can't remember all the names of them, but NFTs are just the most popular one right now, which is non-fungible tokens for the people that don't understand. And if you don't know what a non-fungible token is, just Google it. <laughs> it's a lot easier than me trying to explain what an NFT is because that is a rabbit hole that is very exciting and I would love to talk about because I think it's awesome. Um, but to continue on what I said, all those people agree that these things have value. These coins are valuable. And all of the ways that we validate the tokens, that we all agree that this amount of money that you put in, that's how much the coin is worth. And it increases and decreases depending on the productivity uh, ability of said coin. Um, and all of that stuff. Well, that's, that's more economic talk, which I am not qualified to talk about yet. I don't have enough research or even really enough time with the market to fully understand it. But that is a deeper topic to talk about. Um, to finish out here, this is a much more complicated and decentralized system, which allows cryptocurrency to be more flexible and resistant to collapse. So that kind of wraps it back around full circle to where he's saying, if you know the U.S. dollar does go under, the American economy does collapse... Uh, can cryptocurrency save us? The answer is cryptocurrency is there. However, in order for it to save us, we have to willingly as a uh, government and U.S. Federal Reserve has to be willing to move all of their uh, stock of, you know, currency 
into the blockchain and create the infrastructure to support it. Uh, we could not, in our current state, if everything collapsed tomorrow, we would not be the, be in the position to allow cryptocurrency to save us. Um, if everything collapsed and the U.S. dollar was no more tomorrow, which is highly unlikely and pretty much impossible, the the dollar would just be phased out because it's so deeply ingrained in the world internationally. Um, however, you know, cryptocurrency, of course, could be used in a more international sense instead of, you know, us sending U.S. dollars to China. We would instead send them, um, you know, we have the U.S. coin. Um, I don't know exactly what it would be, but there would be a U.S. coin that we would transfer into the Chinese Republic coin, which they currently have working on. And that's how we would transact instead of, you know, having to go the customary route, um, which that is more than likely going to be the future, which that's the second question. So uh, I won't get too deep into that. But as it stands, if the U.S. dollar were to disappear tomorrow, the people that aren't in cryptocurrency already and already have their money in cryptocurrency would be done for because everything would collapse. You would have no value. Your dollar wouldn't be worth anything, and you wouldn't be able to access the coins. Um, you would have to go the traditional, the most traditional route, which is hoping somebody would give you coin to start your life over again, or you have the ability to mine new tokens and do it the um, manual way kind of thing. Um, so to hopefully that answers your question enough, Alex. Um, I spent roughly 10 minutes on that question. So hopefully I gave you enough to get you thinking a bit more about it and maybe give you a little bit of conclusions. But again, thank you for the question. Um, uh, hopefully that makes some sense. But question number two, this one comes from Dakota. If you know him, you know him. Um, and he asks, what is the future of crypto? Um, and then he says, if so, how long... Do you think it will take so that question is what do you think is going to happen with cryptocurrency and if you think it's going to stick around how long do you think it's going to take for that idea to fully develop um and so you know i don't really have a lot to riff off on that one so i'm just going to go ahead and just what i answered this is this is what i thought at the exact time that i heard it which was earlier today so i didn't have a lot of a lot of time to think about it but um i said that in the not-so-distant future, it's easier to extrapolate, uh, you know, than like 10-plus 10, 10 years uh, down the line. So things like DAOs, um, DeFi, which is centralized finance. Um, I didn't look up what DAO stood for, so I don't remember off the top of my head. But again, that one's pretty easy to just Google DOA. Um, it should be like the first thing. And decentralized applications are really starting to pick up and have very, very strong foundations. You have a lot of high-level um, investors are getting into this space and allowing these uh, developers that have been waiting for their time, they're finally coming around to actually being able to uh, implement and start their ideas. Um, so expect all of those things to be big in the next three to five years and massive in the next 10 plus years. Um, so, you know, things like NFTs, they're currently hitting their rebound from this time last year when they really exploded. Um, they're starting to come back around again, um, you know, and then we also have projects um, from Gary V, his new restaurant idea. Um, he hasn't really said a lot about it, but he announced it on C CBS, CNBC, something like that, uh, not even like three days ago. 
So things like that with an NFT restaurant that he has going. Um, and then there's some more mainstream collections like the punk comics, old school projects that are also getting some love. You know, obviously the crypto punks themselves, but also the pudgy penguins, the rock collection, um, newer things like the rockets, um, and a couple other smaller things on uh, OpenSea that are really popping. Um, you 100% should check out and are, you know, they're worth looking at at least as, like, the big thing. Um, they're similar like, owning, like, Tesla stock and um, and things like that. They're a lot, you know, they they make a lot of money, but you're going to have to have quite a bit of money already put into them and hope that they do well. So, so yeah, the near future of crypto will be a supplemental investment for individuals. So people like you and me who are just average Joes that aren't, like, big tech heads uh, or business owners or CEOs or government officials. Um, for the people like us, it's going to just be a supplementary investment instead of investing in the stock market. You would just invest in coins um, and projects and people, if you're talking about NFTs. Um, whereas things like you'd have spare cash, you just dump them in there and some you get some basic ROI, return on investment um, year on year, get your money working for you in those spaces. Um, but the future of crypto, future things like crypto being a payment option like PayPal or Apple Pay may take a bit longer due to, you know, like the difficulty of defining exactly how we're supposed to regulate or even if we as the U.S. government or other governments should be regulating them. Because like PayPal took forever to get, you know, credited as a um, credible source to put your money into to make online payments. Um which really helped pay the way for Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, all of those guys. Um, so that would, again, have to basically start all over again with cryptocurrency. Uh, being able to actually use it for payment um, is harder to see and is being discussed on a level that hopefully uh, it won't be detrimental in the U.S. government, um, but we'll have to see how that goes. But... Um, you know, maximizing the view on this question, cryptocurrency will carry most of the weight on things that aren't on Earth. So, of course, like I said in the other question, if me, the U.S. and China were trying to do some trade deals, um, it would be way better, wildly more uh, useful and time effective, cost effective to use two cryptocurrencies and do the transfer on the chain instead of U.S. dollar to or whatever they have down there at the yen, maybe. Um, doing that is a lot harder. Things get uh, jumbled up and takes too long. Paperwork takes too long to do that kind of stuff. Uh, whereas crypto, you could do it in like 10 minutes. And you just transfer the coin to a different coin, then you just push that coin to a new wallet. Boom, transaction's done. Um, so that that view there internationally, we could set up that, sim that system fairly sim simple. However, if you're doing things off-world, like we're trying to send money to the IIS or whatever it is, the International Space Station, ISS, up there in outer space. I don't know what they're buying up in space that they can't, that isn't already coming from Earth. But thinking like we have multiple colonies on, you know, the moon, Mars, whatever, um, that this, this thought process is a, a fantastic thing. It's been, you know, kind of churning in the background of my brain processes for a while, and it's something I really like to think about, and so I'm going to make a full episode on, um, you know, the ability to use cryptocurrency off-world 
in a uh, you know more colonizing of different planets and the utility of cryptocurrency there, the ability to be able to move dollar bills to those places is impossible. And then trying to use things like Apple Pay or PayPal and sending that information would take way too long in a centralized state. However, what you could do is you would be able to set up cryptocurrency nodes, like Bitcoin node, on your spacecraft. You would be able to run your transactions on there and say you're trying to access a coin. You're on the moon, trying to go to the Mars. You're trying to send some money to Mars for your family member or whatever that's down there. So what you do is on your base on the moon, you validate your transaction, then you send out that block of information to whatever satellites or other spaceships that are happen to be traveling through the area, you you know, you would pay a couple pennies on the dollar, you know, a couple fees here or there. It might be more expensive on a bigger ship than a smaller ship because validation transactions would be faster and you could have a bigger pipe, but then you would be able to um, push more through there at a faster rate, which allow better transfer times, which would mean your money would get there sooner. So you would pay a slightly higher premium on that, um, but you'd be able to send that at block through every satellite, every spaceship traveling, any technology that's between the moon and Mars, and then get it to Mars, then they can validate it on their machine, and then they just, you know, broadcast that out across the entire blockchain until it validates on everybody's process, which that would take milliseconds per person because it's already been validated by the multiple people in between, and so you could already trust that the transaction is truthful. So it would just be a simple, you're just adding the, the chain at the end. You're not actually doing any validation um, checks. You wouldn't be doing any, what you want to call it, um, I'm losing the word at the moment, but doing any validations, doing any um, checks to make sure things aren't wrong and everything is correct would already be done because you were doing that transaction to begin with. So once it reaches its destination and it finishes its validation, you would be able to just put the check mark on it and say, this is a valid block. All you got to do is add it. Um, that process would just be broadcast out and would just enumerate onto every system that runs a Bitcoin node. And so that would be so much faster, way more cost efficient, and wouldn't actually, there would be no technical overhead because it is decentralized and it would be so low priority that you wouldn't necessarily even have to have all of the blocks in order in order to do that. Um, which, depending on the technology, like Bitcoin, it doesn't work that way. The technology requires that a block has to be finished before you can start a new block. But the technology is its theoretically possible. So that is the major maximized view. Like, you're so far out. You, you see specks of dust when you're looking at our galaxy. Um, but if that answers your question or at least has some crazy idea there Dakota hopefully that helps you you know but um yeah I can make a whole I can make even a longer episode on just that topic because it is it's very fascinating to think about um but those are the two questions that I got um this is about a 40 minute podcast which I think is pretty good actually for the topic that we have um so if you have any questions and you want to understand this space more of course get to the patreon it's linked in the description here um you know, it's everywhere that I have it. Um, get to Patreon, get in the Discord for free. You don't actually have to give me any money to be a part of the Discord. That's just where I have it housed so that I can, you know, 
turn on and off that invite whenever I want, and it's not just out there somewhere on the internet. Um, so yeah, get to the Patreon, get into the Discord, send your question through there. Uh, let's start the discussion. Cryptocurrency is fantastic. It's wildly underrated right now. It's still very early, just because the Bitcoin is almost at fifty thousand dollars doesn't mean you can start now and be making money. Um, be able to invest, be able to understand this system because Web3 is the future and it's not just 10 years down the line. It's within the next three years. This will be this will be mainstream in three years. It will be the new way society moves, um, especially because the adoption is so young. I'm 22 and I'm talking about it and I'm deep into it. And there are people younger than me that are deep into it as well and making a lot of money for themselves. So just at even in that level, it's going to be, it's going to be huge for the next generation, but also um, the pro- processes, the application of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and other such coins are going to be uh, hugely misunderstood for a while. So get in now, get in by 2025 and you'll be good. Um, but with that being said, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this uh, podcast was a bit more cheerful and a little bit more enjoyable to listen to than the last couple. Um, I know that there were some harder topics to discuss, and hopefully I didn't, uh, you know, if I hurt somebody's feelings in the old ones, uh, I'm not 100% sorry on that because that that is a you issue, not a me issue. That's just what I'm thinking. That is just what's in my head. Um, and I personally don't think that I said anything out of line. Uh, so I'm not going to apologize for that. But, of course, you can educate me. Um, if I'm incorrect, um, so just head over to discord for that, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. This has been the Q name still pending with your host, Quentin Rowe nerd. And I'll be talking about crypto a lot more. Um, I don't know if it'd be the next episode, um, but we'll see what happens. So yeah, I'll catch you guys later. See you later. Bye.